Carmen Miksha. And Sophia Miksha, your host of Seeds of Sunshine, a mother-daughter multi-generational podcast filled with laughter, wisdom, and advice. I am a high school student in the Ivy program, a runner, and a sister. I have a BA and MA degree in English and have published three poetry books, a tennis book, and two essay anthologies, which you can find on Amazon or my website, CarmenMixaBooks.com. I am also the broker CEO of Dynamic Real Estate, my own company. To buy or sell a home with me, please visit my website, DynamicSacramentoHomes.com, and mention this podcast for a discount on commission. Thanks so much for tuning in. We promise you see the sunshine once a week to elevate your lives and dreams through better communication between generations. Ken J. Gordon Jr., or Pastor Ken, as he is known by his members, is a pastor, best-selling author, business executive, husband, father, and community leader whose entire life has been dedicated to the service of others. Pastor Ken is a graduate of the Citadel, the Military College of South Carolina, where he earned a Bachelor's of Arts degree in International Law and Military Affairs. Pastor Ken, who is a certified chaplain, is the author of four award-winning books. Pastor Ken and his wife, Leslie, have four adult children and one beautiful granddaughter. The couple lives in an empty nest in Charlotte, North Carolina, with their cockapoo. Welcome to Seeds of Sunshine. Ken, I am honored and grateful to have you on. How are you today? I am wonderful. Thank you so much for having me on today. Uh, you're welcome. Maybe at the end, you'll send me a picture of your cockapoo. That would be nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I'm sure he would like it too, because everything's all, always about him. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And before we start our conversation, Ken, um, mm -hmm. we always start with a joke and a quote, which matches the topic of our conversation. So okay. the quote is by Frederick Douglass. It is easier to build strong children than to repair broken men. Ah, oh, that is so true. So true. Yes, and powerful, right? It, incredible and profound. Yes, yes. Yeah, definitely. Then Great I, quote. Yes, thank you, Ken. I have some, um, um, what famous fathers, what they used to say to their sons. So I have three of them. <laughs> Michelangelo's father, he said, Mike, can't you paint on walls like other children? Do you have any idea how hard it is to get that stuff off of the ceiling? <laughs> <laughs> That's great. <laughs> and then Al, uh, Albert Einstein's father. But uh -huh. Albert, it's your senior picture. Can't you do something about your hair? Styling gel, mousse, something. <laughs> Just like a dad would say. <laughs> exactly, yes. And then Thomas Edison's father. Of course, I'm proud that you invented the electric light bulb, Thomas. Now turn off that light and get to bed. <laughs> <laughs> Again, exactly what a father would say. <laughs> and stop running that electricity bill up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Let's get your right. sleep. Right? It's important. That's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
Well, Ken, you have a very interesting background and I love that you are a pastor and that you are also an author. Um, why don't we start with what is your why in life? Why do you do all these things? Yeah, and, and it's funny because um, I think your why in life, I don't know that it ever stays exactly the same. Um, mm -hmm. I think at the end of the day, your why should change and grow as you do. Um, I think at this point in my life, my why really points towards what I want that dash on my gravestone to mean when I'm gone. Um, I have found that as I have, um, as I have grown, as I have aged, that I start caring more about what I'm, the legacy I'm leaving for my children. I start caring more about the legacy I'm leaving in this world. I start caring more about what people really do think of me and what impact I've made on their lives. So for me, my why is, you know, why do I get up and why do I do what I do every day? It's to make this world a better place after my having been here. You know, one of the things that I've always talked about and thought about is, you know, what is it that I want them to put on my gravestone? What is it that I want to be remembered by? And for me, it has always been, you know, I want people whose lives that I have, in, have intersected with me to be better because they knew me. And as I have grown, I have learned more about what that means. I have learned about how to enhance that. I've learned about how to incorporate a why into that. So I think my why is, um, why I do everything I do is to make the world a better place. And that sounds really cliche, um, but it really is why I do what I do because I'm so tired of people complaining and pointing out all the negativity and pointing out everything that's bad. Okay, great, but what are you going to do to make a difference? So my why is, is just that, making a difference. Oh, that is, that is so important because as you said, as we're aging, we really think of what we leave behind us, yeah. what kind of legacy. And, yeah. and I think speaking of legacy, that takes me to your books because when we write, it's there for posterity, right? right. So right. can you please tell us about your books and uh, how did you get inspired to write them and kind of what the message is? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and thank you so much for that question. You know, I, um, I, I endured a, a divorce at one point in my life and uh, I had been married for 17 years. I had two children and divorce came to my doorstep. I was a preacher. I was a pastor. Uh, I was a minister. And that wasn't supposed to happen. Uh, not, not to people in the church, not to people who went to church. We're not allowed to go through divorce. Mm -hmm. And so here I am. And I'm the one up on Sundays telling everyone, you know, about the Bible and everything. And, and here it, it comes to my door. Um, and, and I was in a quandary and I was like, oh my, you know, what do I do? How do I go through this and still honor God? How do I go through this and keep the main thing, which is my children, you know, front and center. And so I went looking to try to find books to read, to try to help me put it all in perspective and to try to help me guide me as I went through this. And I couldn't find any. I could find books um, by, you know, people that were pastors of huge churches and they had never been through divorce. And mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, that doesn't help me because they don't really know how I feel. Sometimes when you go through divorce, there's this kind of this pit of anger and, and it's deep and it's wide. And a lot of people go through that. It's, it's part of that whole grieving thing that you go through. 
Um, and, and so it's like, I need someone who can help guide me there. Couldn't find anything. And so it came to me, if you can't find it, write it, write it and share your experiences. And one of the things I say to people always, when I first start talking to them is let me be really clear. I'm not an expert in anything. Um, I'm not doing anything that I do or saying anything that I say because I'm the foremost expert. I've just failed a lot. And because I failed a lot, I've been fortunate enough to fail forward and to learn lessons every time I fall. And so I wrote the first book, Divorce But Still Dad, with that in mind to the dads out there that um, are trying to figure out how to keep their children first, not their possessions first, not their hatred for their ex-wife first, not their desire to keep their sports car first, but their legacy. How do you keep your legacy front and center? What things do you have to do? What compromises do you have to make in order to do that? And so I wrote that book to say to them, let's keep our children first. Let's make sure that even though we're going through divorce, we are still dad. As I was writing that book, and very specifically, I wanted to really speak to the women who were going through divorce with a man that was skewed who did not understand how to keep things first, to try to speak to them, to help them understand the psyche. Because one thing I've learned about women is that if they can understand something, they can navigate it really well, right? And I think a lot of the reason behind the, the need for conversation is to try to understand things better. So in my book, I sought to try to give them insight on men and kind of where we are and what we think and, and where we're hung up. In the process of doing all of that, I was writing a chapter about my children and it just hit me so hard how deeply I love my children. And that led me to my second book, um, The Love of a Father, where I just really wanted to talk about the fact that, you know, men have gotten such a bad rap. You know, people think that, oh, a mother's love is so much deeper and so much more for children and fathers are not the same. And I, I submit in the book that a father's love is as deep, as enduring, as passionate as a mother's, it just looks different. It's not better, it's not worse, it just looks different. And I wrote the book to try to help people identify what that looks like. Um, and so I wrote both of the books and you know they were done and I'm at breakfast one morning with my wife, Leslie, and we are having pancakes. <clears throat> and she turns to me and she says, you need to write a book, a children's book about the power of being an engaged father because that's what you are and that's what you've always been with your children. And I looked at her and I said, I can't write a children's book. I don't know how to talk to children. <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, but she, she just, she says, no, 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 you really need to do it um, because there's a difference between a dad who's present and a dad who's engaged. And so I went up to my office and that was at 10 o'clock. And by six o'clock, I had written the book, the first book in, the, in in this series and I had come up with a 12 book series about engaged dads. And the first book is called Pancake Dad, about a dad who gets up every Saturday and makes pancakes for his children. What I decided was in this 12 book series, I would have five common threads in every single book. Every single book would talk about the power of a engaged dad versus just a present dad. That means dads who put down the remote control, the iPad, the cell phone, the Game Boy, and they actually tune into their children and they get to know who they really are. Um, the second uh, thread in it is a dad who models manhood for his sons. The next is a dad who empowers his daughter to know she can do anything she wants to do and to help establish a bar so she understands how she should and should not be treated.
the fourth, the fourth uh, thread in here was a father who modeled how to treat the children of his mother like a queen. This is the person who gave him his legacy. She gave him his riches in life. Here is how you treat her. Model that in all of these books. And then the fifth one was a father who led his family to the development of a relationship with a higher power. Call it whatever you want to call it. Call your God whatever you want to call it. But there has to always be a higher power because that's where we get our hope. And so I and so I, I came out with 12 different books. I've written three of them so far. Two of them have been published, Pancake Dad and Ice Cream Dad. Uh, the next one is Pizza Dad. And then the one after that is, is Date Night Dad. So I have the whole series. Um, but those are my books. And those kind of those are the reasons why I, I was led to write the books. Oh, I absolutely love that, Ken. And you make a very good distinction um, between being present and actually being engaged. Because you can be yeah. present physically in the room, but you're on your iPhone and yeah. you're not yeah. really there. Exactly. Uh, you're just a physical presence, uh, but right. not in tuned to the other needs of everyone else in the family. And exactly. I love the way you created this uh, series. And are they all children's books? No, no, just Pancake Dad and Ice Cream Dad are the two children's books. Oh, and then I, I, have, I have more that are coming, more children's books that are coming. Oh, wow. Wonderful, Ken. And obviously, um, you also made some mistakes in your life. So you talk about that in your books. Um, any mm -hmm. advice you have for fathers out there like yourself who went mm -hmm. through divorce? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, the biggest advice that I, I give them is, you know, always remember your legacy. Your legacy is the most important thing. It is going to be there after you're gone. Your legacy is your children. Um, and, and the question that I ask men when they go through, go, through, go through divorce is, do you love your children more than you hate your wife? <laughs> and that, that sounds really, you know, like in your face, but it, it really is, it is the truth. You know, you've got to love your children more than you hate your wife. You got to yes. love your children more than you love your possessions. You've got to love your children more than you love literally anything. That's got to be the primary thing you keep focused on. Here's what I truly believe. I, you know, in the years that I've written my book and in my counseling sessions and my work with people, I've had people say to me, yeah, but you don't understand my children's wife. You don't understand how she is. And I said, I may not understand her, but here's what I do understand. And I'm going to paint with a very broad brush here. <clears throat> A lot of studies will show that most women, not all, but most women, their primary concern is security. That is the thing that, you know, for them is most important. For most men, it's respect. I believe that if your children's mother knows that she can be secure, even though the two of you are separating, then the person that you call a monster will not be that person. Generally, if she's that way, it's because she's been given a reason to be that way because of your behavior, because of things that you have done in the past, because of, of her uncertainty about what you're going to do now. My, when, when I went through my divorce, my primary focus was to help my children's mother understand that I was going to be a good dad, that I was going to be an engaged dad, that I was not just going to turn and walk away, and that I understood my obligations to my children lasted a lifetime. But I also submit to men that your obligation even to their mother doesn't end just when you, when the divorce papers are signed. There is still a part of that 
that you owe to her for giving you your legacy. And you've got to get over the anger and the fear and the disappointment and, and any other emotion. And you've got to focus on what's truly important. And that is your legacy and your children. Yes, absolutely. I could not agree with you more. And um, you also uh, talk about God in your books. And um, like you were saying, whether someone believes in Buddha or God or the power of the universe, Mm -hmm. What is an important message that you want to convey and that you talk about in your books? Yeah, so I am a strong believer in God. Um, that, that is who I choose to believe in. I choose to believe in the Bible. Uh, anyone can choose to believe in whatever they want to believe in. A lot of people believe everything they read in the USA Today or the Washington Post or whatever. I choose to believe in the Bible. So that's kind of my, my, uh, my, my foundational center. One of the things that I truly believe regardless whether it's the Quran, the Torah, the Bible, or else, what I truly believe is that there's a principle in all of these that puts a responsibility on the man to be the leader in their households, especially when it comes to relationship with the higher power. One of the things I talk about in Divorce But Still Dead is I talk about what it means to be a man. And I believe from my studies and from what I've, I've uh, experienced and what I've seen that there are three principles there. And that is the principle of being a protector, a provider, and a priest. Uh, the protector part, which, you know, all of these things are things that I point back to in the Bible, which is where I believe. And I believe there are similar principles in the Quran, the Torah, the Jewish Bible, etc. But I believe that uh, you're called on to be a protector. Where I think a lot of men mess up is that they think that they're supposed to protect their family from external forces. I submit that they should protect their family from internal forces as much as external. And internal means sometimes protecting your family from you, protecting your family from your moods, protecting your family from your curt words, from your indifference, from your lack of understanding, from your lack of empathy, from your focusing so much on work that you forget that you're still a dad. I think you have to protect your family against those things. Uh, when we talk about being a provider, I think a lot of men get it wrong because they think that means a nice house or a big house and a nice cars and a bank account, et cetera. Those things are fine. But I think what's more important to a family is providing love, providing quality time, uh, providing um, uh, uh, validation to your family. I think we forget about those. And then the final one is being a priest. And that means leading your family into relationship with the higher power, not sending them to, you know, not sending them to the synagogue, to the mosque, to the church. What? No, it means taking them with you and letting them see that you are not too big to bend your knee, that you're not too big to call on a power higher than you. I think when your family sees these things, they see you being a protector, provider, and priest. Um, no matter what religious book you base it on, I think all of those are, I mean, all, all of those principles are in every one of the religions that are out there. Yes, absolutely. It's so powerful. And um, you also um, focus on dads being engaged and you started with your pancake uh, children's book. Mm -hmm. Any particular uh, advice on how to accomplish this in today's world when everybody's just pulled in a million directions? <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. And, and it's the I word. It's being intentional. 
Um, you know, yes, there are a lot of distractions. There are a lot of things that can keep you away, but you know what? We make time for what we want time for. We do the things we want to do. And I think you have to be intentional. You know, one of the things that I, I will never, ever, ever forget, um, I don't remember the product, but I remember the commercial. Some years ago, I was watching uh, uh, television and this commercial came on and this, this man gets up in the morning, he goes into his daughter's room and he says, hey, honey, you know, um, we're, we're going to go out, you know, we want you to come with us. And she's like, oh my God, you know, she's a teenager. So you see them then riding down the road in their vehicle and they're driving and she's on her phone. Mm -hmm. And as they're driving, you look out and you see this amazing, amazing, you know, um, view, you know, uh, the ocean, the skies, everything. Uh, and she's on her phone. And so then you see them going through the mountains to get up to this, you know, to this overlook. She's still on her phone. They say, honey, come, you know, come take pictures with us, you know, take a selfie with the backdrop. She's like, oh my God, mom and dad, you're unbearable. She's still on her phone. They get back in the car. They drive all the way back home. She's on her phone the entire time. She gets out of the car, doesn't say a word, slams her door, walks in the house, goes in the room, closes her door. The father turns to the mother and says, total waste of a day. The next day, he goes onto his Facebook page and his daughter has put an entry on there. And the entry says, yesterday was the best day ever. So many times when it comes to our children, we cannot read the book by the cover. We must be intentional. We must put in the work. Don't worry about the heavy sighs and the rolling of the eyes. Be that crazy, goofy dad that cracks, you know, terrible jokes that no one laughs at. <laughs> Be that dad that, you know, gives them these corny little nicknames. Be that dad that plays games with them and loses intentionally, but be intentional. And I think that's the real key is intentionality when it comes to being engaged with your children. Oh, that is so powerful. I love this, Ken, because, you know, my daughter is um, at school today, so she could not be on the interview, but she does all the editing, all the artwork for the podcast. And whenever she can, she interviews with me, mm -hmm. but she does sometimes what you're saying, you know, she rolls her eyes at me when I say, <laughs> hey, um, I need this podcast done ASAP. She's like, okay, mom. But then she always tells her friends, like I hear later, she go, they go, Sophia tells us all about what you do and she tells us you run marathons and she tells us that you started a podcast together. So what you just said, Ken, about in this commercial and little story is we can't take things face value. Yes. And we also, you know, it doesn't mean that someone like you and I, we would probably get excited about these sites because it's the power <laughs> of God in right. every beauty around us. Like I always get so excited and they're like, okay, mom, it's just another <laughs> mountain. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but the lesson is, Ken, that, you know, our kids will remember us being intentional. Yes. Us putting in the effort to take them and show them the splendor of the world around right. us that, that right. God created. Right, right. Absolutely. They will. And, and that's why we have to understand that we are planting seeds in our children that are going to blossom into the most beautiful flowers of love 
and we may never see them. We may never see uh, the petal. We may, may never see the blossom, but we've just got to know that we're planting those seeds. Yes, for sure. And um, we are getting close to the end of the episode. And I always love to sprinkle seeds of sunshine for our <laughs> listeners. Um, and what would your seeds of sunshine be, Ken? You know, I, I think I think my seeds of sunshine would be exactly what we've talked about. Um, just our children. Our children are the seeds of sunshine that give the most beautiful rays that any of us can ever see. Uh, one of the most beautiful things that that I experienced at this point in my life, my children, uh, my wife and I, we have four children, uh, 27, 26, 24, 23. And um, the, the thing that I think all the time is the most amazing feeling is when we are in the rays of our children and we're kind of ba basking in just their awesomeness and just everything that they do and and everything that they've soak in, soaked in and learned from us that they don't even know that they did and that they don't even want to admit that they did. Um, but I think my, my seeds of sunshine are absolutely the children of this world, um, the generation that is coming along that is going to make such a difference and in fact has made such a difference. So I, I don't know if that's the right answer for your question, but my seeds of sunshine are just remembering these beautiful children that we all have that drive us crazy, <laughs> <laughs> that make us go mad, but that are absolutely um, what make us also grow as people. I agree. They're beautiful seeds of sunshine, Ken. I really love them. <laughs> and um, before I let you go, Mm -hmm. um, tell our listeners how they can get in touch with you on social media and how they can purchase your books. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so all of my books are available on, on Amazon. Uh, all of them are available on um, Barnes & Noble, Target.com, Walmart.com, uh, on the Apple iTunes store. They're available there as well. Um, and I have a website. It's called Dads of, <clears throat> excuse me, Dads of Faith, D-A-D-S-O-F-F-A-I-T-H, Dads of Faith. Uh, that's where all of my books are listed, as well as all of the upcoming books. There are uh, several books that are uh, yet to come that I'm still working on right now, not just the children's books, but the other ones as well. So they're all there. Uh, I am on uh, Instagram at Dads of Faith. I'm on uh, Twitter at Dads of Faith and uh, also on Facebook at Dads of Faith. So Dads of Faith is my handle uh, and you can find me uh, on most places there. Um, and, uh, and you can absolutely find me on my website at dadsoffaith.com. I love it, Ken. Thank you so very much for making our day and sprinkling so many seeds of sunshine. <laughs> I wish you and your family good luck. And it seems like your children are the, the luckiest kids in this world to, to have such an engaged and uh, intentional father. Yeah, I, I think I'm going to play this part of the podcast just for them, <laughs> what you just said, <laughs> because they totally don't believe it, right? Uh, you know, you, you don't, you don't, you, you, a lot of times with children, uh, you don't always know what they're thinking. Um, but I tell them all the time, once you have your own children, that's when you really begin to appreciate all the lessons your parents taught you. But thank you so much for having me today. And thank you to your listeners for uh, allowing me into their space. Thank you, Ken. Have a blessed day. And you as well. Thank you. Bye. To contribute and support our podcast, please become a subscriber or use the coffee app, which you can find in our show notes. It is greatly appreciated. Thanks so much for listening, sharing, and reviewing our podcast. To connect, 
please follow me on Facebook and Twitter at Carmen Mixa and Carmen Seeds of Sunshine on Instagram. Thanks so much. Goodbye for now.